Welcome, everybody, to this very special bonus-ode, or bonus episode, for those who aren't familiar with our ridiculous nomenclature around here. Uh, today, we have a special guest, and we are talking about a very, uh, very popular TV series. At the current peak of its popularity, I think, Stranger Things Season 4, which we all just watched the finale episodes of over this past weekend, the, the, the long-delayed finale episodes after the course of the main season, breaking record after record in uh, and, and not only viewership, but in budget in Netflix's bid uh, to reinvigorate the platform and their and their relevance to the current TV watching scene, and also to continue to try to redefine the limits of uh, of, of, of cinematic flair uh, on, on television with Budgets that I think far surpassed by um, maybe uh, two or three times the previous records of per episode budget set by shows like Game of Thrones and in, in, in the premiere episode of Wheel of Time was on, I think, the top tenors. We talked about, talked about that, of course, in our own show. Anyway, we'll get into uh, that discussion right after our introductions, starting uh, with our regular crew of Keely Frank. Hello. Nick Wicks. Hey, everyone. And Dan Katinsky. Hey, everyone. And also welcoming our returning guest here, Jerry Barty. Jerry, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I think our last time with you was, we were talking about The Witcher, right? Like, uh, the, uh, also a Netflix uh, production. Also Netflix, and yep. Games generally, yeah. It's a, it a fun conversation. Yeah, and uh, and hopefully this one will be as well. And, and we're, kind of, we're doing this a little bit ad hoc this time. I don't have anywhere near the the same extent of game plan uh, going into The Witcher, partly just because I don't have the extent of like not of steeped in lore from that I had from like re reading the books at the same time. I did not rewatch the earlier Stranger Things oh, in preparation boy. for Me this either. or <laughs> anything like that. Yeah, I know some people did the full binge. Um, but I don't know that we need to go too far into telling people what Stranger Things is, because if there's one show, I think that we can assume mm -hmm. in our in our balkanized world of a thousand different TV shows today, this is kind of the one the one left maybe that everybody watches out of the streaming networks. I feel like maybe each network has one claim to fame, like HBO Succession is, is like the yeah, West Westworld still going apparently. Yeah, for some reason. That was yeah, that was surprising. <laughs> no, all the comments when I saw that post on Twitter were, "Wait, this show is still like going yeah, like alive. yeah." I thought uh, I thought we were done with that. <laughs> yeah, strange things. I mean, you mentioned you know, there's there's that we're not going into the lore, and there's there's really it doesn't seem to be that there's that much lore. This is a very like contained universe. It is just the four seasons. Uh, uh, by which I mean not the hotel. Um, but uh, so, are there other forms of media that Stranger Things property extends into? Are there Stranger Things books? There are. Yeah, hmm. there's Stranger Things like retelling books. Um, that kind of shit always happens. Like I have um, Sabrina, uh, the teenage witch, but like the the Netflix version that's adapted uh, yeah. from a graphic novel. But now I have the book version of the Netflix show. Oh, no. <laughs> they oh, do damn. that shit all the time. Yeah, there's a bunch of Stranger Things kind of like. We have to books. close close the loop by having a Netflix season retelling of the book mm -hmm. and yeah. then the loop is closed. I think there is also, I don't know if it has its own contained lore, but there is also a Stranger Things Dungeons and Dragons role-playing starter set. I have set. it. <laughs> oh, you do? Yeah, yeah, I actually have it, yeah. 
does that incorporate their versions of the monsters and and, and stuff? Um, it it in, does. I mean, that? yeah. I mean, like there they you know there are minis like the their their demogorgon takes place of the actual demogorgon, which for those of you who are familiar with Dungeons and Dragons, looks drastically different in D anD. d Yeah, uh, it's got like a tentacle arm. It's yeah, a little weird. Um, so yeah, I have it, and and it's it's essentially just styled around the game that they play in the first season. It's basically oh, okay. you know it's Will's campaign that you play through, and it's it's actually pretty cool. You know that. The book is met, uh, meant to look handwritten. It's 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 pretty cool. Oh, that's a neat little flair. Um, so so okay. So assuming people are generally familiar with the uh, with the premise of Stranger Things, I guess at a high level. If you're not and you're still listening to this for some reason, then you're just game to have spoilers for all of season four and maybe prior season because you know we're we're gonna get into all of it. We're we're gonna. We're, we're not holding anything back. There's not going to be a spoiler cutoff moment uh, during this episode. We're just going to talk about any, anything and everything, uh, not, not to overcomplicate it. The general premise of Stranger Things being, what if all your favorite horror and fantasy and sci-fi properties from the 80s, along with the, the biggest chart-topping music and video games and role-playing games of the time, mashed together into one mega conglomerate, Season one of, of Stranger Things, I think very identifiably began as a straight up mash of Stephen King's Firestarter, which just got remade. I hear not very good adaptation at all, trying to cash in on the Stranger Things thing. But, you know, it's about a young psychic telekinetic slash uh, pyro, um, pyrokinetic uh, girl who is kept at a top secret American lab outside a small town in the countryside as part of this program for studying psychics to potentially use like in, in, in the course of the Cold War. And then the sort of uh, uh, the, the, the jaded old, old, the jaded older guy that like comes into her life and becomes a surrogate father and help, helps break her out in the course of that. And it's, which is pretty much Stranger Things season one mashed together with it and the kids of it, which, and you know, it itself is of course, Stephen, also Stephen King's expansion of the stand by me story, which was, uh, um, really a novel, but built as a novella of, of these kids, you know, in a small town, uh, who bike all over the place and are, and, and have a local bully and to stumble across a, a secret, which is, you know, just a, a, a dead body in Stand By Me, but becomes uh, a dark and ancient evil besetting the town uh, on like a, a generational scale from a hellmouth type thing over the course of it. Uh, which also, of course, had recent adaptations with overlapping cast members with Stranger Things. Yeah, and no it's small very part interesting there. there. Yeah. yeah, it all comes back around, including to the point where Keeley just informed me yesterday that the Duffer Brothers are now doing a straight-up Stephen King adaptation after this in The Talisman, which will be their next big project for Netflix, presumably. So it's all it's all mashed they together. Type. Yes, they de they definitely do. Um, so yeah, Jerry, do you want to, do you want to give your, uh, your relationship to this show, uh, uh, leading up to see, uh, leading up to the season, I guess, and, and your, your overarching, um, thoughts on the, the, I don't know if we're, I guess we'll call it a franchise to date. Oh, I, 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 I'm sure that Netflix wants us to think of it as a franchise <laughs> and, and I would say that it is certainly, but yeah, I mean, Stranger Things was always kind of one of those things, and this even goes back to the first season where it was there was really no lead up to it, and maybe this is just the way it was back when Netflix was was starting to develop its its you know first party titles, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, but there was no lead up to it; it just dropped, and everyone loved it, and it became this kind of like you know national phenomenon where everybody was watching it at the same time, and everybody was enjoying it. 
I was super into it because I am an, a massive sucker for like coming of age stories and like mm-hmm. young unrequited unrequited love. So like I loved it. Uh, you know, all all of those stories really resonate really well with me. So I was I was suckered into it without a doubt. Um, the following seasons, though, I think were definitely more hit or miss for me. Uh, the second and third seasons, yeah. I, 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 I'll just be you know honest. I remember almost nothing about season two. And well, maybe yeah, just Sean and, Astin. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, that was season two. Okay, yeah, that, yep, yep. that's what that was. No, and then season three. I mean, it's better, like, but yeah, better, <laughs> and and likely only because it's so you know referenced in season four the the death of Billy mm, and the impact yeah. that had on Max, which I'm sure we'll talk about more because it's a huge yes. through line in season four. Um, who is who really becomes the protagonist of the show this season? I would argue if there is one yeah. protagonist, Mac, Max, if you ha- Max if, and L. If you had or, to pick one, there. It, yeah. if, if you had to pick one with a you know truly fleshed out. Or rather, mm-hmm. I, I should say, her character arc probably gets the most screen time, or at least the most, you know, consideration in the writing. Yeah, yeah. You know, with 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 episode four specifically being almost entirely about Max. I mean, you know, eleven didn't even get an entire episode about her until I think season two, and everyone hated it. <laughs> the one where she like yeah. runs away. Um, so, you know, Max is, is definitely, yeah, I, I would agree probably the, the, the closest thing to a protagonist in season four, but, but anyways, getting back to, um, you know, my experience with it, um, never like a huge fan of, of the, of the series, not, not a, not a mega fan season four though, might change that for me. And, 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 you know, cutting to the chase, I thought that season four was the best season since season one, although I don't know if there's a lot of competition there, but it might actually outrank season one for me. Um, in terms of like how much I vibed with the story and the characters. I think, I do think that it's, it's a bit that Mm. it's a, it's a bloated cast of characters and that definitely shows. um, And I'm so mad that like one of my favorite characters was introduced and killed off this season. So that's great. Yeah. And it's Um, in a a way that I think the entire, like by and large wave of fan reaction has been like, why? (laughs) I mean, Um, I, I, we can talk more about it in in a bit, but like, I do kind of get it. The arc there is here is this, you know, you know, outcast revered and not revered, more reviled by a town that dies as a sort of, you know, social pariah. Um, but then there's also kind of like an arc with, you know, he's con- he considers himself a coward the majority of his life. And then at the end of his life, yes, does something yeah. great. that's that's the big, you know, there's the redemption arc. But I don't really necessarily know if it super resonated with me that he was a coward for the majority of his life, he does spend I, the yeah. majority, he spends the majority of the season hiding. Um, but like, but for understandable would, reasons, exactly a, what a anybody out to get him like a fanatically religious mob. bring him up. Yeah. That, that, yeah, I don't know. But, um, yeah. So, so that's, you know, a, a kind of winding path through my experience with, uh, with stranger things. He, he was also like the coward thing was weird too, because, there was even like those scenes early on in the cafeteria where he was like clearly showing that he like maybe he's not like the typical uh like alpha dude in the cafeteria but he definitely had a presence that did not feel cowardly whatsoever no yeah, he's, he's got uh, that yeah, i don't give a shit what you think of me attitude exactly yeah. The, yeah. is is almost i mean i don't know if if anybody else picked up on this but his character introduction felt borderline culty and maybe that was intentional to set up like kind of like a maybe this is giving too much credit to the Duffer brothers but like for him to you know act the way that cult leaders do in the sense that they are very charismatic they have a clear message that they're trying to get across 
Um, but to set that up and then say, like, you know, now the town actually thinks he's leading this real cult. We all know that he isn't, uh-huh. but we can kind of see how they can, you know, see that just based on how he acts. I don't know if that was the way it was set up, but like to me, it definitely came across as they're setting this up. They're setting this guy up as kind of like an abusive villain, you know? Really? Yeah, because he was really on. Yeah, because he was deeply manipulative in a couple scenes. Like there's there's a scene where he's trying to get everybody to come to his. Um, his, you know, the finale of his campaign. And, yeah. you know, there's that w- one of the very first episodes where there was a conflict between um, Dustin and Mike and um, mm, yeah. and Lucas, and then also everybody else playing the game. And, you know, Lucas says, I have to go to the championship game, which like, yes, of course, obviously, everybody watching is like, well, yeah, he's got to go to the championship game. Like, okay, I get that. And then, and then there's, you know, um, and then there's everybody who's playing the game saying like, no, you have to come to the game. And it's like, guys, postpone the game. Okay. I've done this in real life. You can postpone it a week. It's okay. It's not like you guys. Eddie's about to graduate. This is his one last chance. Okay. Yeah. What happened to that? (laughs) And where'd that go? Right. That seemed to be the arc to me, right? A guy who can't let go. Yeah. How old was he supposed to be? Because wasn't it like his third time trying something to something like that? So, yeah. So he's so, yeah. Like twenty or something. And also that kind of made me think that they were setting him up to be kind of like that is well, okay. I definitely I thought that he was going to end up being like one of the bad guys, like bad character from the start because of how they introduced him. But also just like kind of that weirdo that like just leave. Like who cares if you graduate? You're just like an adult now in, in high school. Yeah, no way. That, that guy. <laughs> yeah. See, I knew he was not going to be set up as the villain because he is introduced right after, and I have like text evidence of the moment I've watched this when when the clearly like twenty twenty eight year old, way too hot, um, blonde captain of the basketball team appears on screen. I'm like, well, there's our villain for the yeah, season. Yeah, there's our villain, uh, and even like, that just, didn't really pan out very no, well. No, they could it just cut so- his. And nothing would change in the entire not only, show. He's, not only did they cut it, not only did they, you know, that they could have cut his character, they did in fact cut his character in half at the very end. So oh, it was yes. like yeah. such an unceremonious <laughs> death, too. But like, yeah, it, yeah, too much, too much going on with villains in this one. I think, um, you know, the 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 arc with what what even oh, was yeah, that? What so even was that boys. guy's name? Something all American, like Jack or John. The, um, the the blonde guy. Oh, uh, Jason. Jason, see, Jason. there it is. <laughs> Leader American of the Power J Rangers. Names. Yeah, basically, he's the Red <laughs> Power Ranger. Um, so I mean, yeah, definitely too much because it's just like, okay, what is this guy going to bring to the end? And and this is kind of an issue that you always have where the stakes are so large. When you you know how how when the stakes are so big, do you introduce an antagonist? that you know the scope is so small this guy's scope is just this town right and in some ways the scope for a lot of people is just this town because it's their town but yeah, the yeah. the but the implication is that like this is the town you know hawkins is really kind of like the epicenter for something huge right yes well, so, and they, they worked. They worked this last season yeah. right, with Billy sort of being the focus of the evil that's infesting the small town, and he's like yeah. emblematic of that small town rot and this bully mm-hmm. who just gets away with but all this. But he his has a, abuses him, and right, and he has a direct interaction with the big evil, though, right? Yes. Like he, like he is yeah. like directly infected. And also, I a think, king, king thing in it. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, we we didn't get that with Jason. We see. I do like you know a. I, I like a bit of how we saw Jason's degradation over time. That was yeah. kind of cool. 
But the problem was that to me, it wasn't particularly linked to anything emotional. It was just this guy's mm-hmm. like uber religious fervor. Um, you know, if if they had spent, I think, a little bit more time, maybe tying it to Chrissy's death, maybe I could see that that mm. making a little bit more sense. But like, we didn't really get anything out of him insofar as that relationship, uh, really at all. I mean, I, I I know that there were some interactions where he was talking about how like he, he disbelieved the idea that Chrissy would would be abusing drugs or or rather not necessarily abusing them, but using them to handle trauma, which is what she was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was more like this idea of like, you know, it's all about keeping up appearances for him. So it wasn't even emotional. It was it was like this guy is in denial that anything could be going wrong in his perfect little mm. life. Um, so that I don't know. Missteps there. Jason to be the most believable in like real life of any of the kind of oh, like yeah. bad guy characters, because it does like at least like in current situation, current climate of the United States, it feels like it doesn't take much for a white man to kind of lose his shit. No, so, no, not at all. And then, of course, he, like, immediately had access to guns. And so we were talking about that. Like, you oh, know, they, yeah. they I mean, traveled to that gun store. And, like, the kids are just, like, running around. And, like, uh-huh. Nancy I love picks up the shotgun. So <laughs> and Jason's holding it. And the, the guy behind the counter just is, like, gone. <laughs> like, y'all. Yeah. No, this is your no intervention whatsoever. But I thought that, like, as much as I hated Jason and everything that he stood for, and especially when they're trying to talk to him about, like, no, she was fucking at Eddie's house buying drugs, yeah, yeah. you dumb shit. And it was like, no, she would have told me. Clearly fucking not, bro, <laughs> because you won't listen to anything. So, I mean, I was super happy when he died, but I don't know. There were a lot of, of characters that felt like their only purpose was to... I mean, they were just like plot devices, and it, yeah. it felt like because so much is going on, we didn't necessarily need all of those characters. Some yeah. characters, though, I'm fucking happy that they were there. Let's give Argyle his due. Oh, yes. Oh, incredible. Yes. Oh, oh, wait. Is the, the stoner. The, the, the yeah, Jonathan's stoner. friend. Yeah. Jonathan's yeah. Surfer, surfer yeah. delivery dude. Yeah. So good. I loved, I loved his, you know, quarter of an episode romance uh, side, side, side. Oh, with Eden. Uh, yeah, so good. Mm, chef's kiss. <laughs> and, and I think that character, like, it, it's like a... You can see the number of ideas they had for this season and the next season, apparently, because they're all one the story. It didn't really have the conclusion that was sort of advertised, but um, they're they're working with so many threads that they want to do. And there's all these good ideas and good seeds, I think. And my overriding, like, I, I was I was pretty positive on the first chunk of the show before the before the finale break, because Netflix put a month in between the main show and the finale to get to try to build hype and to get more people to sign up to Netflix and not cancel their Netflix subscriptions immediately after seeing after binging Stranger Things. And you can just see like, okay, like this unwillingness to cut or to to edit like all these threads that they wanted to pull all these ideas and characters that they loved and that are like, good, good actors, I think we have to say good child actors, Keely, you pointed out in the, in the chat is like one of the overriding strengths of the show really good child performances. But it's not even it's like, it goes to the protagonist, the sheer number of main characters and and secondary characters and tertiary characters, and also the villains. Like if you try to say, like obviously, you know, Vecna is the big bad of this show. Best but how so many villains are there in this? And it, like so, we've got J, we've got Jason, we've got the evil bully, who you know last season was pretty much the sole personified villain in in Billy's terms. And in the first season was the secondary villain in Steve Harrington, a beloved Steve Harrington, who of course becomes just the most darling 
darling parent uh, to the children of uh, <laughs> of uh, of I'm forgetting the name of the town. Oh, but always uh, a babysitter, never a yes. baby. Um, but then we, we we also have like the government's back in this one, and we've got multiple layers. We've got evil Papa. We've got to have that. We got that. You know, like I, we've got the abusive father figure. We've got the evil scientist. We've got the possibly well, the evil scientist who was evil scientist, but is now good one. We have the big bad military honcho who's going to nuke everything and kill everyone, and he's going to take L what? out. We've what got the even Russian. Was, got, what <laughs> even was that guy's Russian. character motivation? <laughs> That's it. Uh, I forgot about that character. Wow. Yep. What, what yes, was this conclusion? Is, this is... Did he, is he still around or is he dead? He's not he's still he's around, still but around. He, yeah, he's still around, but he didn't he didn't he didn't get his hands on the girl, which No, was, because which he said like go just fucking take the shot and then yeah. the yes. L yeah. smashes the helicopter into the ground and he's like, darn Good these stuff. kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi folks, Caleb here, letting you know you have reached the end of this free preview of our bonus ode on Stranger Things. If you would like to hear the rest of this conversation, and there is so much more, you can head over to patreon.com slash wadcast and subscribe at the Tar Volunteer or higher. For just $5, you will unlock all past bonusodes and get access to future bonus episodes as well. We cover all sorts of fantasy and science fiction, books, movies, even games, comics, and more. You can hear us talk most recently about The Witcher or The Dune novels and movies so come hang out with us in the white tower we'll hear you there